It's time for another edition of Family Life Today, presented by Power to Change, known in America as Family Life. Welcome. We trust you'll find today's program interesting and hope it will be a great encouragement to you and your own family situation. So let's join our presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. All right, I got a question for you. Okay. Looking back, what would you say the toughest years were for parenting for you? Yeah, probably five and under. Yeah. Because we had three boys, five and under, and you were always gone and you were starting the church. Somehow it came back to me. I felt like I had no life and I felt like I was dying and it was really hard. (laughs) I figured you'd say that. What would you say? Uh, Zero to two or three because, you know, I'm like, I want them to do something. They couldn't do anything. <laughs> and I was working a ton. Oh, is that you why you were always gone? Discouraged because... Yeah, that's why I was gone. I didn't <laughs> want to come home. <laughs> well, we get to talk about home today with Josh and Christy Straub. They are back in the studio. It's been a couple of years, but welcome back to Family Life Today. Thank Thanks you for, for having, having us. having us. I mean, this you guys are... so fun. You guys are known for Famous at Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you wrote a book. Yeah. This is the first book that's actually titled after your ministry? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. what I thought. We've had a... Just through the years, just coaching families and uh, speaking on this, you know, so many people will come up and say, hey, do you have this in a book? Do you have this? Like, mm. no, no, we don't. We don't. We don't. Well, now, finally, we do. You so, do. Yeah. Well, tell our listeners what Famous at Home means. We know, and it's an awesome title, mm-hmm. not only for a book, uh, but for a yeah. ministry, but you guys speak, you write, you coach, you're your therapist. I don't know how many yeah. years you've been married, but you got three kids at home, so yeah. you're living yeah. what we just talked years. about. 12 years, so we're only 12 years in. but 12 years? Yeah, and three kids, so our kids will be 10, 8, and 2, and Famous at Home came about really realizing, you know, at the end of our life, if you look at the end with the end in mind and go backwards, what really matters. It's if we were famous at home. And the fact that it's it's such a double entendre, really, even in the title, because not only does it mean famous at home in our earthly home, because we know like that sounds like a good goal, like we want to be. But the second truth is we already are. Mm -hmm. If you think about like there's nothing to earn there as a spouse, as a parent, our children, we are famous to them. We just need to settle into that role as a spouse. We already have earned that just by who we are. And I think that's so much a credit to how God has created us. And that's the second meaning really is famous in our heavenly home. Because Mm -hmm. all of the things that we're doing and building on this earth, every action that we take, every loving and grace-filled action that we take with our spouse, with our kids, even in relationships outside of our home, or they're building heaven on earth. Hmm. Really, it's kingdom come, right? And so, but we're building for this heavenly home. And we want to be famous there, not just on earth. But it's been such a, I think it's not just a catchphrase. You know, we end up our podcast, which is also called Famous at Home, with this tagline that says, the greatest red carpet you'll ever walk is through your front door. And yet we live in a culture that is, basically celebrating everything that happens outside the home. Mm. And not that those things aren't good, but if that's what we're chasing, and that's what we talk about in Famous at Home, is the chase. We all have this chase that is pushing us to just run after something, accolades, celebration, if it's around a boardroom, if it's on social media, whatever it is you do, 
we're looking for someone to say, I see you, good job. But the people under our own roof, they're the ones that are saying it to us and we're not hearing it. And I think that's where, you know, for us, one of the most frequent calls I would receive would be from business leaders or pastors or other leaders where there was a moral failure or an ethical failure or just burnout in some way. And there was a common denominator to all of that, and that is that they were chasing the family had at some point been neglected because they were chasing fame outside the home. And when we get these priorities the other way, where you realize your identity comes, first of all, from the Lord, that identity right there, and we start the book out by talking about that, your identity, but then prioritizing home because as Christy said, you know, the greatest red carpet you'll ever walk is through your front door. Hey, by the I way, just, who came up with that phrase? That is genius. I think I, I, think I, I mean, I've been saying gonna, that for we're years. We're going to give it to you. I, 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 don't, I don't know that I ever heard it. That's I don't right. think I ever heard it. So. I mean, yeah, that's so well. But I mean, you think it, about it. it like, captures the... I just came home the other day. Like, I was out working at a coffee shop, and I came home, and the kids, our two-year-old, it just comes bolting, mm. sprinting to me as soon as I walk in the door. Like, like you're the hero. You're the hero. Yeah. You're yeah. already famous at home. And so often we go awry when we do not prioritize that or see that. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. the accolades and the dopamine bump in your brain from followers and likes and cheers and whatever you are on your stage, from a board member or wherever, you get these accolades and you you get this dopamine bump and coming home. And now you're asked to play shoots and ladders with with an opponent (laughs) that has no idea which way is up and which way is down or, you know, poly pockets or whatever it is. And you can't sit there because there's not a dopamine bump the same way mm-hmm. as it is in your world around you. And so it's no wonder we start chasing fame outside the home and we start to neglect it and our family starts to get the leftovers. And that's really what our what our heart is all about. Well, you, I mean, you guys start the book. Change that. Very honest about your chase. Yeah. Both mm-hmm. your chase. Our listeners got to hear that because yeah. it was – I mean, it's one of the reasons that I asked Ann about that because we could so relate to your story. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of couples can. So tell, talk about Christy, your chase. Start with your chase. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, it was those early years, Anne. Like I became a mother, and I realized what didn't come as natural to me as I thought it would. It but was, you were probably super excited. Like, oh, we're gonna have a baby. Oh, like yeah. it was just like everything I'd ever wanted. Right. And then the reality is like, oh, this is super hard. <laughs> this is so hard. Like I didn't sleep. I was postpartum. Like everything's leaking, and well, it was just awful. <laughs> And Josh is gone. I remember it like it was yesterday. He came in wafting the smell of some coffee shop that he'd been at. And I was in the kitchen. I'm like in sweatpants and, you know, big baggy T-shirt. My hair's in a ponytail. I have no makeup on. And I'm spackled in, I remember it, pureed sweet potato and banana <laughs> because I was teaching Landon, our, like our oldest. He was a baby at the time. I have to just ask you, when you smelled the coffee, because you can yes. smell when somebody's been at a coffee it shop. It wafts in. Yes. yes. Did you just think, oh. I oh. wish I could sit and have a coffee. Oh, and like it literally, and, and then right. So we always talk about you tell yourself a story, right? So yeah. you you have a few data points, and your brain. The story I was telling myself was he had this lovely, relaxing day at this coffee shop, talking to like super interesting people about all these great projects he has going on. And I have not talked to someone who knows how to you know tie their shoes. I haven't actually brushed my teeth in I don't know days, and I'm left behind. Like, I just felt left. I felt like I had sacrificed myself on the altar of motherhood. And I felt embarrassed even saying that because it was such. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because there was such shame around 
I got to be a stay-at-home mom. That's what I wanted, and yet I wasn't feeling the joy or even, like, the celebration of the gift that that was. And so, for me, this chase was, like, I needed someone to validate me, to see me, to tell me that I was doing a good job. I was looking for some sort of identity that told me who I was and that what I was doing was worthwhile. And this began this real wrestle between the two of us of realizing he's off chasing work. And you can tell your chase in your story. But my chase was just for some sort of validation. And that's really hard. And I think... So many of us, like we look around, we get to work with so many beautiful families who are just, it's not unique to us. Yeah. We all have it. I mean, all yeah. I know is when I read, Chrissy, your story, I'm like, that is Anne. That, <laughs> but I'm guessing it's many, many, many if not all yeah. Yeah. women and wives and moms feel that. It was so real. Well, then the working moms have their own piece yes. of guilt and shame and yep. worry and wonder. And, and we guys get it. Yeah. So when yeah. I read that, I'm like... I mean, I think if if I remember right, you hugged her. You yeah. held her. Well, I didn't know what else to do. I'm like, you're a better man than me. I that was like, well, good. I that was good. moment, I didn't know what else to do because, I mean, our natural, and that's the one moment I think out of every one that I've gotten it right, but, you know, because there's so many where I've gotten it wrong, because <laughs> the natural tendency is to defend myself. Yeah. Like, I want to go, yeah. I've just been busting my butt all day, and, and you're telling me that, yeah. like, you know, and I think that's the natural, like, stereotypical thing, like, well, you've been home all day, what have you been doing? Yeah. You know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, but I just want to say this, too, for those listening, like, if you have children... Under the age of eight, like this is when marital satisfaction dips the lowest yep. at any point in your entire marriage. Yep. And so grace upon grace it's to hard. you. You know, funny? We said that. that some, you said that. Someone said that the other day. And to see the relief on it was a couple's face. They were like, oh, is that a thing? Yeah. We're like, oh, no, that's a thing. Like we're normal. That's exactly. Yeah. And that, it was like the hope they needed, like. Oh, so this does get better because mm-hmm. it's just the season that we're in. And I think sometimes it's that communal yeah. understanding of like, oh, we're all in this. The, and you know, a sense of universality that we're all in this, like we all experiencing this same issue, but you feel alone in it. Like yeah. you feel alone in your. I felt so alone. And I think, you know, when we come back to the Lord, like the Bible says to guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Right. right? So, so guard your heart, like pay attention to what's going on in your heart. Well, I think when we get married, we become one flesh and we have one marital heart that we need to guard. Mm. And what ends up happening is we split that marital heart when we start to make each other out to yeah. be the opponent and we play into the enemy's game plan. And so instead, how do we come up together on the same team and go, now, wait a minute, we both have children under the age of eight. We both need to figure out how, how we're going to make a living, how we're going to make a difference in the world. We're in this together. We are a team. Let's take that approach. And, you know, researchers have found that this us against the world mindset is what leads to marital satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So positive relationship thoughts. So you think positively about the relationship rather than negatively towards the relationship. So, for example, like when you first start dating, you're like, you like spaghetti? So do I. With meatballs, we're mate. We're destined to be together, right? You see, you see everything with this confirmation bias that we're meant to be together. Well, then all of a sudden, when times start to get tough, that negative confirmation bias start, and we start to see everything that's wrong. You were at a coffee shop today. Why were you at a coffee shop? You were, you were the enjoying most your selfish day. Yeah. You yeah, start throwing those spaghetti balls yeah. at each other, as opposed to seeing the gratitude of your spouse and going. You crushed it today here at the house or you crushed it out at work today or whatever that looks like to have that positive like we are on the same team. Well, you say in the book, 
uh, later, uh, and we say this at the weekend to remember marriage getaway with family life, your spouse is not your enemy. Yeah. Now, yeah. we are talking in the weekend trying to bring up this spiritual reality that there's actually an, an, an enemy, enemy. Yeah. named Satan yeah. who would love to take down Christian marriage if it's trying to reflect God to the world. Yeah. You do that plus more. I loved it because it mm. wasn't just Satan's your enemy. You say you need to identify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You even give us an assignment say identify what the enemy is because you are a team. Well, and I think that's the big thing is we don't tend to bring things into the light. You know, the Bible says mm. to bring it out into the light. And when it remains in the dark, the enemy gets to yes. twist it in your brain, right? And all of a sudden you come into agreements with these things. So mm. in other words, mm. Christy can come into agreement with he's not even helping me around the house yeah. or I can come into agreement with she doesn't appreciate me, right? And then all of a sudden we don't mm-hmm. we don't voice that. We don't voice our opponents. And these opponents can be good things. It can be a a new baby. Um, It could be a a negative thing like a job loss or financial difficulties. But until we bring them up, we have to name them. It's like any team, any great team, Mm -hmm. and you know this just from NFL and everywhere else, like you get into the locker room and you're studying the game film. You're studying your opponent and how your opponent is coming at you. So, again, Dave, that's like what you're speaking to, right? Yes, we know the enemy is coming after marriage. Kill, steal, destroy. Like, that's it. We're aware of that. I think we let a lot of things fly under the radar, though. Mm. So, yes, calling that out is so powerful and necessary. But it is important to recognize the natural things that come into a marriage and into a home. Yeah, the stressors. The home environment that are combating your joy, your peace. And your marital intimacy. I think yeah. that's the thing that we, like, what's that's the opponent that's, that's coming and warring for your marital intimacy? Mm. Like, if you think of marital intimacy and your level of connection on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, I don't think we're always living at a 10, but we want to strive for that, right? Oh, yeah. If you live consistently, if your foundation is at, like, a 5 to a 6, like, I don't want to live there. Mm. I want to be leveling up. But so often we get stuck there because yeah. we fail to name. Because yeah, that's good. It, to bring working. it into the light. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bring it out into the light. It's in the dark the dark always wins well and this is going deeper and i don't i mean when we talk about the seven decisions that we make to be famous at home when you talk about feelings Mm. like that's one of the first ones because it's such an unnatural i think way of communicating we most of us did not grow up in homes where feelings were talked about i think we could all identify feelings that were either dismissed or punished or not allowed um, but to actually have conversational language around feelings, especially for men. But we we stereotype that, but like it's the same for women. And so that is one of the, I think, most powerful ways that we can start to transform our family lineages is by talking about feelings. And the reason is when we talk about guarding a one marital heart, I see him as like little Josh, like the little boy, like his mom and dad are not responsible for caring for him anymore. That's my job. Mm-hmm. I get to nurture and care for his heart and the same vice versa. He gets to care for little Christy, but like we all have the inner child that is still with us that gets hurt, that is needy. Triggered. And yeah. And is triggered. Mm-hmm. Like those are human things that we love to deny because we think we're, you know, big, strong adults now. We are, and we wear really good masks, but we are at at our core, we're still that little girl and that little boy. And there's something has happened, I think, when you can see your spouse as that little boy or little girl. First of all, it makes them make sense. Their reactions, their defensiveness, their anger, because they're trying to protect what they couldn't as a child. And if you, I think especially for mothers, to see your spouse 
as that little boy, like we know how to nurture the hearts of our kids and we would not attack, demean, punish when they feel scared, alone, afraid, like all the things that our spouses are feeling. Guys, let's go back to you're dealing with all this, Christy. Josh, you walk in the home mm-hmm. smelling like coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're upset. Like, what's the best way? Because that scenario happens to so many yeah. of us. Maybe we don't have little kids, but we've had a really rough day at work yeah. and we're not meeting yeah, one another. Yeah, coach us up. Yeah. During that season, right after that, I think it was like a week later, I had left Christy for an entire week to go to a leadership conference in California. <laughs> um, yes, you so did. So I left her at home. <laughs> uh-huh. And But we had already planned uh-huh. it. And it, it fell at an interesting time. And so John Townsend, who's been a yep. friend and mentor of mine for many years, I remember him telling you. Yeah. So I went out to their leadership conference and, and he said, Christy, if you let Josh come to this for a week, you just let him away for a week, it'll pay dividends in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Here we are 12 years later and it's paying massive dividends he was for right. us. So wow. I remember coming home from that. So when I went to that leadership conference, the thing that we learned was that the greatest leaders know how have the ability to be able to label in their brain the right side of the brain, which is the experiential here and now. That's what we're experiencing. The left side of the brain is that linguistic side where we put language to what it is we're feeling and experiencing. And so when we can put language to our here and now, to what we're feeling and experiencing, what it does is it, it what I call it the binding of the book. So the neurons fire out of the right and left side of the brains and they wire together in the corpus callosum, the middle part of the brain. Because if you have the right side of a book and the left side of the book and you bind it together, you create a, a whole story. And so often what ends up happening is, is we react mm-hmm. out of an un fulfilled story out of a story that's not fully written because we've never put language to what we're experiencing. Hmm. The way to do that is to begin to identify our emotions. What are we feeling in the moment? And the, the top leaders have the ability to be able to do that in how they interact with other people. They know what they're feeling and why they're feeling that way. They know what the other person is feeling and why they're feeling that way that they're in communication with and they get the most out of the relationship. And so I left that going, I got to do this in my marriage before I can do it anywhere else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I went home with that whole idea of guarding your marital heart. It is the wellspring of life. We have one marital heart, and I clearly wasn't paying attention to hers. So I came home with this um, really awkward strategy that I came up with when I was there where I said, okay, Christy, I want to hear what was one positive emotion you had from your day today. And so instead of doing a high and a low, I want to hear what did you feel positively and what was one uncomfortable feeling you had today? Maybe it was rejection, embarrassed, uh, ashamed, sad, fearful. I want to hear one of those. And if I'm honest, I think I rolled my eyes. Maybe not actually, <laughs> but in my head, I was like, uh-huh. Uh, sure. Great. Because if I don't know what's going on in her heart, this is the nope. one way to be able to figure that out. I, I just want to defend you, though, for a minute. Not that you need defending, but I, when you said you weren't defending my heart, nor was I. Mm. I didn't even know what was on my heart. Yeah. And I want to just speak that out for a lot of people who just feel confused right now. Numb. A lot of our generation is numb because mm. we've been taught not to feel and we numb out by shopping. I mean, all the things, right? Netflix. Eating well, all the yeah. things. That's normal for us. And so I couldn't have told you what was on my heart. That's why all the emotion just came out of my eyes <laughs> when he walked in that door. I didn't know where that came from. I didn't know I was feeling lost. So even though I wasn't aware of what I was feeling and I rolled my eyes at Josh's suggestion, <laughs> what I realized was it was that's why 15 minutes a day, that's what we called it, was so powerful is because I started to make sense of my story, my heart, my life. 
And as I was verbalizing it to him, so it not only healed something in the, in our marriage and truly transformed our marriage, it healed something in me and it became a regular practice for me to start to not just exist through my days, but to be aware of mm. where I was at, where my heart was at, and to share that with the one who was defending my heart with me. to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at radio at powertochange.org.au Our website is families.powertochange.org.au where you can check out articles and many other resources on marriage and family well-being. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family. Music